Uh, Jesus didn't have a problem with people that's in the streets. He had a problem with religious people. How can I help anybody when I'm not even when I was not even able to help my own son? I would never do that. I would never do that. And I became that in a matter of minutes when they took my pain pills away. And I said, I'm not where I want to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. Ugh. This is Faith in Your Recovery. I am Randy Davis. Welcome to the battle. Are you tired of the fight? Fed up with the struggle? Done lying to yourself about the next time? Hold on. We don't believe you've come this far. It only come this far. Whether you stumbled on our podcast or connected intentionally, we think you may just be where the next right step of your recovery is about to happen. Faith in your recovery may be exactly what you need. We've become a true source for help and hope for those battling SUD, substance use disorder, slash addiction. Those strugglers were once forgotten, cast out, discarded, thrown away. They're now proving to each other and everyone else recovery is possible. Where negativity, desperation, and hopelessness once lived, there's now a path to a healthy and successful future. On this episode, you'll hear from a struggler that rose from the ashes. The lies, the guilt, the sense of worthlessness to a point in their lives where they're touching, changing, and saving lives. Stay tuned. We want you to hear this story a recovery rock star today's Nicole Barrett. Welcome, Nicole. Hi, thank you. Glad to have you with us. Look forward to your story. You and I have talked. Your delivery is going to be a little different than some we've experienced. You call it the spoken word, right? Correct, yes. Go ahead and tell folks what that means and why this is your way of sharing. Um, well, God placed it on my heart to... Um, have my delivery um, in a different process just for the simple fact of everybody tells their story in the same way. And um, I know as an addict, I have been very creative. And I know many um, people that I have been in addiction with and sobriety in were very creative, out-of-the-box thinking people. We have... Um, many more talents than uh, we let on. And sometimes we suppress them and um, we forget that we have them, you know, uh, that's that, that is our positive outlet. And so um, I write poetry. And so God gave it to me to um, give my testimony in a poetry format. That's a neat thing. And uh, they've often said variety is the spice of life, okay? And I say that simply to say that we need a change sometimes. So we look forward to what you have to share with us. Why don't you go ahead and get started with it? Okay. I am from neglect and abuse. I am from two souls running. I am from a bed of broken spirits. I am from a mother and father who knew no other way. I am from a father who was baby 13 out of 14. I am from a father whose place was blurred and almost erased. I am from a father whose brothers tried to kill him in a cemetery. I am from a father who, if he didn't make it to the plate in enough time, he had to eat scraps off plates. 
I'm from a father whose mother was worn out by the time he got there to care. I am from a father whose brothers pushed him, pushed his head under water as he, const- as he continually struggled for air. I am from a father who learned to torture animals in his pain. I am from a father who nobody noticed when he wasn't there. I am from a father whose soul turned to hate. I am from a father whose religion didn't save him by praying to Mary Mother and all the saints. I am from a father that white was the superior race. I am from a father who saw the military his permission to develop his love for torture and his escape. I am from a mother who was abandoned in a car on the side of the road of a country road at one and a half years old. I am from a mother whose parents left her to die. I am from a mother who was removed from her bloodline and all she knew. I am from a mother who never knew what a mother's love looked like or how it grew. I am from a mother who didn't look like the other kids. I am from a mother whose nose was too big and lips were too red. I am from a mother who didn't know what home is. I am from a mother whose striking dark hair and olive skin was different than all of them around. I am from a mother who never belonged. I am from a mother who continually terminated life within her body because when she looked in the eyes of boys, she wanted to believe what they said. I am from a mother who feared sleeping at night because that's when the rats would nip at her toes. I am from a mother who there is no such thing as God. How could God do this? I am from a mother who saw military as a way to be free from this and finally belong. Nicole, that's that's heavy stuff. I can't imagine what your early years were like and just... What was it like hearing those stories? What, how did that impact you to find out what your dad had been through or, or and what your mother had been through? Um, it was like a, a tornado of trauma all the time. Uh, it was living in the middle of like a volcano at all times uh, with my parents. Um, you never knew where the next eruption, when it was going to be. Is that kind of what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I was definitely always walking, moment. always walking on eggshells, always trying to please and do things uh, the right way. Um, you know, my mother, uh, for a long time, she didn't, like, I was the mother, like I raised my my sisters and my brothers because my mother was in such a depression from all the abuse and all the mental health issues. But I didn't know this at the time. You know, I'm like six, seven years old. You know, I didn't know what was going on with my mom except the abuse. How many siblings did you have? There's eight of us. And you're the oldest? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, go ahead, yeah. please. Yeah, and um, so I took the lead uh, in 
my younger in my younger years because that's what so I became the protector I became the um you know uh the solutionist you know the problem solver you know there's all kinds of good things that did come from that but there's tell us one uh, I'm a problem solver Okay. You know, like whenever there's a problem that's within a room, um, I definitely am the go-to person to solve the problem. So your experiences taught you enough about all those issues mm-hmm. in your, uh, you know, your time dealing with it that you have that to give to others now. The I've been there, done that, seen it, here's how it best worked for me. Is that accurate? Yes, yes, definitely. Okay. So that section was the I am from. Yes. And what is this next section of your spoken word? How would you label it? This is called I am defined. I am defined. Go ahead Mm -hmm. with that, folks. This is Nicole Barrett. She's sharing with us a uh, heart-written, God-inspired poem that's called the spoken word as far as the style goes. Share, Nicole. I am defined by these flashbulb moments in my mind. I am defined by my mother covering her pregnant belly as my father as my father punches her from behind. I am defined wet back, boom, spit. Yeah, my back is wet from my mother's bloody split lip. I am defined by my mother bleaching our hair to make it look look lighter so he might love us. I am defined by all the derogatory words my father my father meant and that meant that I would never be good enough I am defined every day after kindergarten by being put on the bathroom floor while my mother beat me from the toilet seat I hate you I hate you why did you do this to me I am defined when my babysitter tells me shh you better not say anything or I'll do it to your sisters too I am defined when I'm told to pack my father's things in a trash bag and help put them on the front lawn. I am defined when my mother goes to a mental hospital for her third trip. I am defined when my father takes my brother but lets me and my sisters go to foster care. I am defined by two parents who never smoked, popped, snorted, or sipped. I am defined with my first warm sip. I am nine. So, uh, that's quite a list of struggle and chaos and trauma. More of that that sense of what's going to be next. I, I catch the neglect in that. I caught a few instances of your referring to abuse that took place how how were you able to survive those moments not today but during that time what kind of hope did you have or did you was it just go to school come home go through the trauma go to bed more trauma get up go to school cycle cycle um Well, one of the best moments in my life was putting the trash bags on the lawn of my dad. Um, 
he was racist and uh, my mom is Mexican. And I say it like that because I'm Mexican too, but we were never allowed to say that in our home. You know, um, my dad would say that my mom tricked him um, and he hated us children. You know, he uh, hated what we represented and that basically he uh, failed because he had half-breed children. And so that was the type of environment in which I grew up in. And um, so it was, it was a constant. When he left, when my mom finally got up enough courage to kick him out, um, then we actually, we went to foster care after that. How old were you when you went to foster care? Uh, about 10. Okay. Yeah. And that was the first time that I had ever seen what a home life is really supposed to be between a man and a woman and me going to school and me not having to get my sisters ready. And, um, I had no idea that life functioned in the way that it functioned. You didn't know what normal was. No. Not the true normal. You had yours, but it <laughs> it wasn't the truth. Right. Yeah, I had no no idea whatsoever because I guess even the friends that I had, um, their family lives, they were sort of the same as, as my life. And they I actually thought that they were worse because— they were smoking weed and doing drugs. Um, so, and mind you, we're nine and 10 years old, you know, so I just thought that this was, you know, um, which I thought it was cool at that time because my parents didn't do any kind of drugs. They didn't, there was never even a beer in the refrigerator. And, um, was it about that age, that time where you started drinking? Mm hmm. Okay. Definitely. How? How'd you get it? Why? Um, uh, yeah. I went over, um, there was this garage that was open, and uh, this guy, he had a refrigerator that was down the street, and I used to go steal his beers out of his refrigerator. And then I would go to back to my garage, and I would drink them. Uh, and a lot of times, it would make me feel, it would make me feel better. So, like, this, that. the stuff that I was going through at home... I didn't really care, you know, that I was going through that stuff. And so uh, then it just kind of escalated from there. Okay. So that was your uh, your labeling, you are defined. Mm -hmm. What is this next section, Nicole? Um, I am labeled. I am labeled. Okay, mm -hmm. go ahead with that, please. I am labeled by the rewind of the not-so-kind tapes that play back in my mind. I am labeled by colors distorted in a dark box when all I wanted is my, fa my father to be blind. I am labeled with this poison I sip. I am labeled a perfect fit because I always got the connect. I am labeled so lost in my own reality, yet so sure of my judgments. I am labeled when I drop out of school and evil flows through my independence. How old were you when you dropped out of school? Uh, 15. Okay, mm -hmm. go ahead. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I am, labeled, I am labeled a street kid trying to survive, keeping my secret safe inside. 
I am labeled penetrated by every soul I intertwine to mine. I am labeled heartbreak and rape. I am labeled convict with every girl school field trip. I am labeled with every doctor script and by every failed suicide attempt. I am labeled with every religion I just couldn't accept. I am labeled with thousands of needle pokes and pricks. I am labeled by cradling so many souls as they took their last breath. I am labeled by the poison I couldn't kick. I am labeled career criminal after four prison bits. I am labeled locked in when I lock the door of my heart from the inside. I am labeled finding identity and worth in my brokenness. I am labeled by this film that never ceases reeling, my brother on the ground, brain matter floor to ceiling. A girl keeps on screaming. Wait, wait, those are my feelings. I am labeled a childless mother. I am labeled heart shatter. I am labeled by the blood splatter on my ceiling. I am labeled dead on arrival. I am labeled by the drug deal turned robbery that took my sister two to the head. I am labeled by that kid in the dark surrounded by monsters they call dad. I am labeled by my jail cell, my prison cell, and hospital room, all of which I called home. This is where I'm from. This is how I was defined. This is how I was labeled, but this is not the end. So I'm going to ask you a question here and plead the fifth if you choose to, okay? I'd like to ask you your age. Uh, I'm 39. I'll be 40 uh, September 11th. That is my birthday. Really? 9-11. <laughs> yes. Yes, cool. Yeah. I asked that because my next question, how many years have you spent incarcerated? Um. Uh, since I was 14. So I did like 17 years uh, in and out of prison and jail as an adult. And then I did um, four years before that in and out of juvie. So two thirds of your life, or at least a big half, mm -hmm. big half. Yeah, a math. big half of yeah. my life incarcerated. What were the charges generally? Um, I got, I have dealing charges. I have uh, driving charges. I have auto theft, you know, things of that nature. Okay. It may sound like a crazy question, but looking at the life you were growing up in, the mm -hmm. experiences you were having, was it better than home? Yes. How? Why? Um, because it was a time that, uh, that I could get away from the madness. My mom was dealing with mental health issues. My dad was still very abusive and he didn't, um, you know, he didn't ever want us. We were never, you know, acceptable to him. So, um, it just, it was an environment in which that I knew what was going to happen, 
when it was going to happen. And I was sober in those moments. Okay. You know? Okay. You were reading there and you were talking about your brother. Mm -hmm. He took his own life, yes, correct? He did. How old was he? He was 23 years old. He had served in Iraq mm -hmm. and Afghanistan, both. Yeah. How long do you remember? Um, for a year and a half. Okay. Was this, do you believe, along with the other traumas, much like you experienced, do you believe it was a PTSD, not just from the military, but mm -hmm. his earlier life? Oh, I believe that um, it definitely uh, could have been me at any moment, you know, like, so I knew exactly what my brother was going through. You made a comment during your readings there, there were like multiple, at least, as I'm wanting to say you said there were like four attempts. Obviously, they failed. We're mm -hmm. thankful for that today. Yes, amen. You probably weren't at that moment. You were hoping for success. Mm -hmm. And maybe down deep you weren't. We don't know now. But you're mm -hmm. here, and you're here for a reason. Yes. So, yeah, you just got done talking to us about where you're from. Second segment was the uh, identification, mm -hmm. and now you just mentioned the labeling. Mm -hmm. What is this next section? Well, this next section is, um, it's going to be I am, but there is um, a story in here of how I got to what God says that I am. Um because this is the moment in my life that um, I, that's the moment in my life that I had my wake up. So I had to um, allow that peace in there before I go to what actually God says that I am and that what we all are. Sure, sure. We want that. So this is kind of your spiritual lights on moment mm -hmm. experience. Okay, go ahead. Share that. Okay. My life has been a traumatic event, so of course another series of traumatic events occurred where uh, I had to face reality. No available numb, no way to run, trapped in a cell, the life I knew too well. God met me right where I was, like he did Peter in Acts 12. And my heart had a change, something I can't explain. God was with me through my whole life, but I was never in relation with him. I was the world. I was trauma. I was pain. I was faithless, trying to run with my shame. I was all sorts of things. I wore many hats. My mask constantly changed. My spirit broke fast. I was a chameleon in every way. I got out once again, and I made a right decision. Then God sent me a message in a big purple bag, my favorite color, by the way. And on, in this bag, there was this Bible. And on this Bible, it says, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. And folks, she has that Bible here with her right now. Okay, go <laughs> ahead, Nicole. And um, so I'm going to read you. It made me wonder um, 
God said something about laughing. Uh, I laugh all the time. I giggle all the time. So I wanted to know what God had to say about me because that's that's what I wanted. I wanted um, what he said. So I'm going to read you what it says. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instruction with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will greatly be praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. That's Proverbs 31, 25 through 31. I spent 30 years from the time I took my first sip at nine till a year ago running to evil with my badge of hurt. I wanted the message that God sent me, what he said about me, not my circumstance, not what my circumstances made me think I was. Then that night of the message, I went to my first meeting with this heart change. I had been to hundreds of AA, NA, CA meetings in my life. I knew all the literature and what to expect, so I thought. It was a meeting called Brianna's Hope. God took that opportunity to send me yet another gift of confirmation. For the first time there, you get a blanket with a message and a mustard seed. I was blown away. I didn't even read the message on it till later. See, when people ask me what my drug felt like, I would say it was the warmest blanket on the coldest day. And then God sent me a blanket. Um, if you, and then the blanket said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, nothing will be impossible. Then I read the card on the blanket and it said, may this blanket be a sign of God's loving healing presence. May it warm you when you're weary. That's okay. Take your time. May it warm you when you're weary. Encourage you. Encourage you when you are discouraged. And assure you of God's love and care and comfort. May it be a safe haven. A place of security in good times as well as difficult ones. And remind you that you are surrounded by prayers of others. May it cradle you in hope, keep you in joy, grace you with peace, and wrap you in love. It changed my life. These gifts that God sent me. Plus many, many more. That only God would know would mean something to me and affect my heart change. Um, 
All the things that I thought were lost were lies. From the devil to keep me bound. And then I realized what what God said about me. You know, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I know you're not done yet, but what you're sharing here <laughs> comes from deep within. It's obvious. The painful experiences, but then... All of a sudden, that same drug that wrapped you in warmth is now being exchanged for a blanket in the loving arms of God to wrap you. Amen. And and you made a comment, only God could know that connection, okay, because you hadn't shared it, uh, yeah. you know, publicly, for lack of better terms. And here he is, the one person who knows. Mm-hmm. And the one who knew you the best. Yes. Proving again, he loves you the most. Yes. Awesome. Go ahead. God says, I am saved. Second Timothy 1, 9. I am chosen. First Thessalonians 1, 4. I am forgiven. First John 2, 12. I am a child of God. First John 3, 1. I am the light of the world. Matthew 5, 14, I am a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I am complete. Colossians 2, 10, I am justified by faith. Romans 5, 1, I am set free from sin. Romans 6, 22, I am joined to the Lord in one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, I am called to walk. 1 Corinthians 7, 17. For I am more than a conqueror. Romans 8, 37. I am victorious. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. I am God's workmanship created for good works. Ephesians 2, 10. I am safe. Colossians 3, 3. I am not condemned. Romans 8, 1, I am no longer a slave, but an heir of God's, no longer a slave, but an heir of God's, Galatians 4, 7, I am not alone, Isaiah 41, 10, I am called out of the darkness into a marvelous light, I am chosen, I am chosen, I am a royal priesthood, I am a holy nation, I am special to God, 1 Peter 2, 9. I am accepted so that God will be given glory, Romans 15, 7. I am an ambassador for the Lord, 2 Corinthians 5, 2. I am God's tabernacle, Revelations 21, 3. I am blessed, Psalms 84, 4. I am guarded heart and mind by God's peace, Philippians 4, 7. I am filled with all joy and peace in believing, Romans 15, 13. I am strong when I am weak, 2 Corinthians 12, 10. I am sufficient, 2 Corinthians 3, 5. 
I am surrounded by God's mercy. Psalms 32.10. I am a well-planted tree and I shall prosper. Psalms 1.3. I am beautiful and there is no blemish in me. Song of Psalms 4.7. I am healed. Psalms 30.2. I am precious in God's sight. Isaiah 43, 4. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalms 139, 14. I am given hope in a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. I am the daughter of a king who is not moved by this world. Galatians 3, 26. I am given wisdom. Proverbs 2, 6. I am given the desires of my heart. Psalms 37, 4. I am no longer brokenhearted. Psalms 35, 9. I am brought out of a horrible pit. Psalms 42. I am guided even to death. Psalms 48, 14. And I am God's. Isaiah 43, 1. Wow. I like the I am. I, I recall God stating, I am the great I am. The words I am are present tense. Mm -hmm. It's not past. It's not something you can be. He's saying this is what you are yes. now, this breath, this moment. And mm -hmm. if he said it yesterday, he meant it then. If he's saying it today, he means it. If he says it tomorrow, he's, he's going to because he never changes. Yes. That's his word, the same. Mm -hmm. yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And to hear you sit here and proclaim those things and to to read them, uh, you've come a long way. Yes. <laughs> there had to be a day, I don't care what anybody said to you, you know, in a positive way, you couldn't have heard it because you were so beaten down and mm -hmm. broken and used and everything else yes but today you know you've become that new creation yeah. definitely awesome listen as we get ready to wrap up here the name of our podcast is faith in your recovery yes what does that mean to nicole but before we do that i want to back up you mentioned you were attending Brianna's Hope. Yes. Tell the folks in what town that is. Uh, it was in Bluffton. Bluffton. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was the Bluffton chapter, uh, Brianna's Hope. Wells and, County. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had never heard of a Brianna's Hope before uh, I went to that meeting, so I had no idea that it was going to impact me the way that it did. And... Um, from the very beginning, uh, I kind of felt because there was a, a pastor leading it. And so I thought that maybe I needed to be censored, you know, so I, I wasn't really sure. But remember, my How heart free you could be. Yes. And uh, I absolutely fell in love with that meeting. I have never been in a meeting where. Um, like, like I said in my testimony, I've been hundreds of meetings since I've been young. I've been going in and out of them, but I had never been to anything like Brianna's Hope. And um, that's when God took his opportunity to just an, another confirmation uh, 
of this is what your new recovery is going to look like? Folks, a better life began as hope is a participant-driven, faith-based, compassion-filled support and recovery movement for those battling the battle with substance use disorder. We're faith-based, not faith-forced, not even faith-expected. But we will live our faith before you and we'll give you lessons filled with faith and hope you will take that journey as a part of your recovery to help get you there. So I'll go back to that question mm-hmm. that I interrupted myself on, it's but fine. I wanted to get that in there. Yeah, I loved it. I, I love it. It's my favorite. Awesome. Mm. Share what the folks, what the title faith in your recovery means to you. Um, it means that there's there's a hope. It means that uh, you no longer have to live in the darkness. Uh, it means that you can surround yourself with people who are moving in the same direction that you're moving into and um, that they don't have to be bad for you, that you can actually walk into the light and you can walk with your head up and you can walk proudly and be proud of yourself that, you know, those are the things of your past. Folks, uh I'm not going to sit here and compare one experience to the other, one person's battle to someone else's, but it's obvious Nicole had her hands and her life full of struggle and trauma in the beginning. Struggle continues your whole life, even for the most devout of Christians. But we just know we have some place to go with that struggle and Mm -hmm. someone who will see us through. Nicole got to that point. And because of that, she was here with us today to share her story with you. I've watched it on video. It's not the same as getting it in person, seeing the face and recognizing that giggle and the smile that she's had through most of it. Even in those moments where the smile was gone, the tears came. God's given us both and given them to us for a reason. We celebrate that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to come, for being real, for being raw, for being vulnerable. And folks, we just, we want to invite you to subscribe, like, and share our podcast at Faith in Your Recovery. We believe recovery is like a rainbow. You cannot witness a rainbow without telling someone. We also believe you can't experience recovery without telling others. Recovery should never be a secret. Thanks for joining us. Stay in the battle. Don't give up. God bless. Amen.